This version is beeped because my guests and myself often use casual explicit language. Unbeeped versions are available via the show notes. Welcome to the Castorian Podcast. I'm Kevin McDonough, the founder of Castorian. In this episode, I'm speaking to artist Olivia Sterling. Olivia's exhibition, It Clings Like a Leech, is now available on Castorian. Her exhibition was one of 13 held as a collaboration between Guts Gallery and Soft Punk Magazine during the final 13 weeks of 2020. Together, Olivia and I will be visiting her exhibition, It Clings Like a Leech, and then visiting her awesome art studio in a rotunda building we used to serve as the BBC's old social club. We talk about painting, daffodils in our hometown of Deeping, uh, Britishness, and pies. And if you're still with us after that, you can hear about Olivia and I's love for the blue-eyed cheeky sex nymphs as we visit Elsa Rui's exhibition, Plastic Doesn't Sweat. You can follow along and see what we see by visiting the 3D captures of all the exhibitions we'll be discussing. Links to all these exhibitions are in the show notes. So now, let's get to it. Let's hear our chat. Yes. Hello. Hi. Yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah. So first of all, uh, uh, Olivia, <laughs> Olivia, how how are you? What, uh, like, who are you? Where did you come from? Um, hello. <laughs> I am a painter. I originally come from like Peterborough, Cambridgeshire area, and um, but I moved to London to go to the RCA to do painting. That finished in the summertime um and i've just been working in my studio hqi in white city for which you very nicely came uh last week and scanned for me but my um my paintings focus on like um whiteness and blackness like using domestic settings to explore color using domestic settings to explore color that is yeah. I, that's a really nice way to put it. I've just I've spent you know quite a lot of time with you the, the past few months, and, <laughs> and, and yeah. I hadn't I hadn't thought of it like that. And that's a really nice succinct way to describe what you do. I think that's a thank really... you. Well, I guess it's because like uh, othering racism, it's very like every day it affects your every day so I think it's important to reflect it in very normal everyday images that's cool yeah that's totally what you do that's nice <laughs> yay I've done it cool cool I can <laughs> stop now mission <laughs> <laughs> accomplished now we venture into this episode's first exhibition which is Olivia's it clings like a leech and you can find the link to the 3D capture of the exhibition in the show notes, so follow along. It clings like a leech. It clings like a leech. We're back. We're back. Yay. In October 2020. What were you oh. doing during October 2020? Oh, I actually was a bit of an idiot. So my birthday is on the 28th, and I also had to move house on the 30th. And I was like, yeah, let's do it all in one week for no reason for no reason and I had uh, some other painting shows that I had to like make very important paintings for so I was very stressed but I love pressure when painting so when you're painting tell me about like tell me about where you made uh, these works 
sets? Like, did, did you make them in your bedroom? Did you make them in the studio? I made them in the studio. So that studio you came to, I had it, I went there like late August. So I was making, I made most of these in September. And then I made, I think, like the circle one nearer the end. I really enjoyed the title, It Clings Like a Leech. And I think I made, because uh, I made two paintings that are were about leeches. So the one, the circle one, and the one where it's like a person stepping out of water and um, they're covered in leeches. And I just really wanted to make paintings that kind of stood for, like as a metaphor of how otherness or like even just bad thoughts that anyone has, bad thoughts about yourself, like, oh, like I'm too fat or like I'm ugly or like I'm not good enough, how these things are like, like really stuck in your head and like it like I wanted because I don't think I like was told this when I was like growing up or in my 20s I don't think I was told like oh you'll have these thoughts and it will take ages for you to like shift them or you may not even shift them at all like it will be a constant battle of like removing them and then it will like grow back and then you remove them and they'll grow back like it's like a massive circle so I wanted to like make visual metaphors of that sort of cycle <laughs> they're so um i'm energized by your work like oh, I, like good. <laughs> I, I, think, I i think your work's like so it's got a lot of motivation and it, and it, it, it there's a lot of energy in, in all of the things that are happening in, in the work but there there's so much compact into a small scene um because yes. you've got you've got allegory, um, and you've got thematic uh, consistency across everything. So it's really quite rewarding to like view all your work, and there's a, an awful lot of thought that's going into all of your work. Um, but it's like still very colourful, and they're they're quite abstract. But at the same time, they're they're not they're figurative. For this for this work, mm. it's all very bright. It's all yeah. um, it's all. Is it, is it oil? What, what, what kind of medium are you using here? It's uh, acrylic on canvas. I'm an acrylic lady. And do you, uh, is this the medium you've chosen to use like in uh, all your work recently in the past few, few years? Or is this something you've, uh, is, this, yeah. is this style quite new? Where are you yeah. in your practice and thinking about this? Oh, I would say I started making paintings like this in my like second year of the RCA. Um, paintings that are like not the full figure using letters to uh, point out certain colours. Yeah, bright colours. I suppose before I was still using uh, like quite simple, accessible visual, a visual style that like pulling from like 18th century caricature and medieval illustration. Even though I wasn't really doing it consciously, I think I was looking at cookbooks and their simple, like, visual language. And I was like, oh, this is useful to try and hint that something is going on. And then the colour is very, like, 18th century caricature. There's, like, loads of pinks, pinks in order to, like, describe. Usually, like, a person with bad characteristics. So I always love using, like, horribly, horribly pink skin colour to represent white people. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it, it, it clings like a, a, a leech. I think it is. Um, you, you've got here like these um, like big leeches on a big uh, on a on a big leg. Um, yeah. And you and you mentioned about like using letters to represent skin color and tone. Yeah. And you've got you've got a P here. Is that for pink? That's for pink. And then Y for yellow for that one in particular. Um, but usually, usually it's P for pink, W for white, and B for brown and black. Those are the ones that come up a lot. And I guess that's because for me personally, like my leech is like dealing with like thoughts about race like all the time like in terms of like colorism in terms of like my own privilege in terms of like whiteness trying to like trying to dismantle these things and then you kind of like something will happen or like someone you'll talk to uh will kind of disrupt disrupt what you've been trying to like get over like a bad thought you get over they'll present that bad thought and then you'll you'll be like well where do I stand if like people have opposing views of me so like I just not that you should be like not that you should be like taking into consideration like what racist people say but like it's so obviously jarring when like someone you know will say something that's like racist or like sexist homophobic how do you how do you even begin to unpack that especially when it's someone you love yeah which is why which is why I've made like happy accessible paintings because at the end of the day you're the one living with yourself you're the one that has to dismantle these things and if you dismantle them they will make you happier like it'll make you a happier person because these are just negative stereotypes that like society has like imprinted on you so do you this is maybe a silly question no no it's, no, it's an interesting question uh, like it's just my question. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Do you resent the weight that those concerns have on your artistic practice, or do you use them as a power in your artistic practice? Um, I don't know. I think it's very complicated. I was just talking to my friend David, who is a curator, and he was like, "Oh, because you're like mixed, light skin, you're." Like, it's good that you're speaking out this and that you have, like, the little attention. I ha Like, I have some, like, attention, like, I, I'm doing shows. So I think it's good that... Obviously, it's annoying that I have to talk about it. I would rather, like, not... I'd rather racism and othering wasn't a thing, but because it is a thing, I think I'm compelled to make work by it. Even when I don't try to make work about, like these sort of things it always just like sneaks in because it's what mm -hmm. I'm thinking about most of the time so I don't, I don't resent it I resent the fact that it's a thing but I don't resent the fact that I have to make work by about it would your work change if well I mean your work will change again yeah as society changes that's just what it is to live within a society I guess yeah <laughs> within the society um and then also, like, my opinion about, uh, like, as I grow and as I, like, become more confident as a woman and as I become, you know, uh, as I read more literature about the subject, like, my opinion will change. And I think during this part, at, at, I think, like, at summertime, 
it was quite big on Instagram, wasn't it? To like, it was the black square thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which was a bit, it was a bit like, you know, performative and it was a lot, it was a lot of like um black pain, like bodies of like black bodies being, like violence inflicted on black bodies being on Instagram all the time. So I didn't even really want to go on Instagram because I'd be like, impressed like it's just too much too much so I think this is where I like wanted to take a step back and like make work about the mechanics hanging over the top rather than just like painting about not painting about my experience but painting about thinking about my experience is that correct whatever you feel is correct I think that's an interesting viewpoint as well Olivia it can be a lot So much of the sentiment of uh, the Black Lives Matter was definitely coming from the right place because yeah, it gave it gave a lot it gave a lot of opportunity for people to show support. Perhaps that support could be perhaps the whole message, the messaging, the constant messaging can be a bit of a flood, a bit of an overwhelming flood. Mm. To take it back to your work. Yep. <laughs> you did. You you did put. You did put like a shield. I called it a shield when I was in your studio. Perhaps you don't refer to it as a shield. A shield above the door, and it was called like leech two. How did the how did the two differ? You've got like leech, which is which seems to have like leeches on a big leg by the sea. To me, it looks like the British seaside. And then you've got the second one. How did the two differ? Um. So I think things like a leech. Number one was about like identifying like a problem, identifying a negative thought, identifying how it's like in your mind. And then number two is like trying to end hopefully, like as you walk back out, like you see that some of the figures have like removed their leeches and began to destroy them. So it was kind of like a wish that was like these things may exist, but you can get rid of these thoughts. These thoughts aren't like facts. They're like removable, even though they might feel tangible. They might feel like they're, and I guess they are like real in your everyday life, but it can change. Things can change, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. And they can change in how we are affected by them as well. Yeah. And then, so the other paintings are just like similar metaphors. So like a lion fixing onto your like arm and like a tight ring um stuck on your finger and then like jam stains because it's very sticky and like a wet t-shirt I think not only are these like things really fun to paint because (laughs) (laughs) they're great (laughs) because it's about like fleshiness I guess the same with like Elsa like it's fun to paint liquids it's fun to paint fleshiness of the human body they're like fun and silly to look at because we are just like human juice sacks <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> I I like fleshy human bodies, fleshy hands. I also have really big meaty hands. So I like to like paint them a lot. That's really interesting. I, I just love the colour which comes through so vividly and you are taking you're taking you're taking some personally challenging topics to yourself, but you're mate you're you're dealing with them in the open, 
with ferocity, with a, like a, yeah. like a full a full force of uh, personality that you have, and it comes through. It's wonderful. And in this space, um, it actually did really well. And this like this was such a nice, bright little room <laughs> in a dark alley. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then I, I, it really allowed me to make like a good series like I made I think I made like 10 11 pieces and they chose these eight at this point we're going to visit the second 3d capture of Olivia Sterling's uh, it's of her awesome studio her art studio which is attached to the old BBC building and once served as its social club you can find a link to the 3d capture of our studio in the show notes so you can follow along with us. So tell us a little bit about your studio because your studio, pretty spectacular to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's literally crazy. When when I bring people, I keep forgetting like, oh yeah, this is really wild. I can't believe I'm here uh, with all these lovely people. So it, it used to be, I think, the BBC social room. I think a social room. Um, so they used to have parties in there and then go over the bridge to go back into the offices. So it's a big sphere um, with a really high ceiling. It's very industrial looking. And then I, they just perchance made a wall before I came. So my wall, like, it almost cuts the circle in half and I like paint along this wall. Is it a rotunda? Do you call it a rotunda? Yeah, it's a rotunda. What does a rotunda mean? What is a rotunda? What's the difference? <laughs> I've no idea. It must just mean a circle, a tall circle. That is seriously impressive. We went in, and it was just really, you know, my my jaw hit the ground because to me, it's as people would hope, dream an artist studio space might be. It has a it has <clears throat> ambient club lighting and like it several has... switches to like have different club lighting it has like club speakers in it has, it has a projector in wow. you are those there. right okay so this is your space what are we looking at olivia so we're mainly looking at like the pillar that is just above my wall where i get some like natural lighting down that massive pillar is my like wall and then i put up some sections to section off um some of the other people's artwork. Look at all that floor space. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a great big round room all the way yeah. around. And it's really yeah. well lit. And it's got cove lighting <laughs> all the way at the top. And it's got a beautiful big window which um, <clears throat> kind of crowns the whole building. <laughs> it's an absolutely beautiful space. And, and you actually laid out lots of uh, recognizable work on the wall some of it work in progress as well um and yeah it's got a really nice variety here so um what what's this what's this piece here just as you come in it looks like those little pots that you get um for after dinner <laughs> oh they're for after i think um i think i knew them as like uh lunch box like desserts like they're creme caramel um i think i came i was just in sainsbury's with my sister and we were just like you know picking the dessert for the tea because what else do we have 
to do and I saw that and as I was talking about my work is very based on color and I was super interested in the gradient that um creme caramels have from like the dark brown to the like custardy yellow and I just thought um wow that's a very good like visual representation of like the scale of or really any spectrum like the scale of race I thought that would be a wonderful um like visual metaphor where you could like pick out what was happening so along the bottom of a pack of four creme caramels that someone is holding up there's like the numbers one two and three like trying to like point out to where the gradient was changing and then on the others like at the top there's like a w for white and a b for brown in order to like again address the colors and so there's a brown hand holding the pack of four and then a white hand poking into one of the open packets and I actually I'm actually sad that I I couldn't fully recreate the sort of like the juice that's in creme caramels like the the like it would like get to the top and like skirt around the top but I think <laughs> I got the gelatinous down so that's good you've got so much creativity in your eye that is a is a joy to see in your work and oh, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of them, um, you know, you're really given a view on the thoughts and feels and, and exploring your themes through your eye. It's really interesting, really nice. How about these ones where you've got like a, you got a really, a big bum with um, splodgy cream in the grass. Yeah. Is this, is this sun cream? It can be sun cream, like usually is sun cream. I think these were just made for Ellie as I was just like experimenting and I made a similar one uh, in the summer to for the gallery fold and it was like called 50-50 and 50 of my RCA classmates are in that one as well cool. but it was about um, I think that one was actually made in the summertime where I was tanning with one of my friends and she like refused to put sun cream on um, and she like went a very interesting colour and I guess because I like paint Why did she white, refuse to put sun cream on? I don't know. I think she's like Greek, so she's like, I could handle it. And I was like, okay, live your best life. <laughs> but I paint like white people as like pink anyway. So it's just really interesting to like paint sunburns, especially there's like a whole thing now with like beauty standards like what's the most attractive now is being like ambiguous in race like Kim Kardashian like you need to be like exotic but still have a proximity to whiteness to be like top tier so I always I think like white people tanning or like white people putting fake tan on will always be like a big motif in my work because it's them trying to change their skin color even though like obviously racism is a thing so it just feels very like the whole thing feels like absurd you get what I mean it feels like a farce so yeah, um, yeah. but then at the same time like a large part of my summer was tanning in parks because I didn't have an outdoor space like tanning with my friends and, like that was the only way you could like hang out with them it just feels so nice yeah it does and then I think there's like a little guacamole bowl 
and like an alcohol uh, bottle on the grass. Absolute vibes. Um, you've, got, <laughs> you've got some daffodils over here. I have and a, some daffodils. And a card. That's yeah, nice. it, was, it was Valentine's Day <laughs> when, when you came. And my That's, friend just Oh, yes, yeah, so it was. Yeah. Look, look, if we, if we go around here, we can see the card. It said, the card says, I love you for your personality, but that ass is a great bonus. Yes. <laughs> yes, my friends are very lovely. Um, and then I took the daffodils from Clara's studio. So like out of the door, there's another studio of like Clara makes um, like handbags out of like domestic objects. And then there's also a, a designer called Crystal in that room. But I... I think daffodils are a massive, like, staple of British, British culture. Um, where I'm from, specifically Deeping, they would have loads of ditches and dikes, like, along the roads. Deeping. And then along the roads, there would be, like, rows of daffodils. Wait, Deeping? Is Deeping a town in England? A market Deeping, yeah. It's the Deep town. Market Deeping? I've never heard of Market Deeping. Yeah, it's very small and like full of old people but there's a school there uh i think it, it must be called deeping because like i think it's below water level that's so interesting is it, is it cute is it nice um it's got like some nice houses it's nice when all the daffodils come yeah i'll say yeah. that but you shouldn't don't go there like, <laughs> no. nothing, like, not there. nice like you want to be there but like yeah but like did you grow like up in, in nice Deeping? Uh, yeah, I grew up in Deep. I went to like primary school in Deeping. Then I went to um, secondary school in Spalding. But I'm from Peterborough. But like because all those places are quite small, I guess when you live near the countryside, you're like you're like it's not like London where you're like from London. Like you have to go to a bunch of different places all the time because yeah, like yeah. nothing. There's not one thing in one area. One thing I noticed about your uh, studio was like there was all of these recipes everywhere. You put all recipes. Yeah. And, and, and like, I can't believe for a second you're, I mean, you're, you're, you, you take so much effort in everything you do. I can't believe that, that there's lot, not an awful lot of intention with these, with these nicely placed um, recipes. <laughs> you've got recipes up here and you've got recipe almond cake and you've got one for, um, you had it's one like for chocolate. Chocolate and mocha. Yeah. That, that, I mostly take from, I've recently, well, since like the summertime, been taking from that book specifically because that book was, um, it's called like the 90s uh, dairy book, dairy diary. It it was like one of those books that like tell you how to do everything because like a housewife um, and my mum has one in her house and it's like absolutely ruined with like, cake batter and like icing so it was something that she got out a lot when she was making and I like loved making cake with my mom. Is this the same one that, that your mom has? It's like for some reason my nan found a clean second version and I like brought it to my studio so I could like mess around with it nice. but it's the same yeah it's the same book. Did your mom make any of the malted chocolate or hot mocha from it? No, but like the visuals, the photography and the illustrations are so like 90s and so like strange and like 
really clear, really beautiful colors. I don't know, do I like like it because it's something that I've been looking at since I was like a child or is it like actually good? <laughs> is it like really wonderful illustration? The colors to me remind me, I, the colors actually are quite close to your palette, but the, but the, the colors to me, you know, they remind me of GMTV, Good Morning Television. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like yeah. all the presenters, when I was young, I don't know if you feel like this or, 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 or don't, when I was young, I would watch GMTV and I would think the presenters were like also well-dressed and they were all mm. like, you know, they, they were just like, you know, TV personalities. They're all beautiful people and they all wore mm. such cool clothes. And of course, like now, if you can ever look back at like GMTV, they're all like, they wear like such bright. Like late late nineties, early nineties clothes, and it looks so funny to see them with the big buffons and stuff. It's great. I love them. I really like um, Victoria Wood, and like her, I I literally been rewatching them and like screenshotting the colors because the colors are literally amazing. There's like one scene where they're kind of doing a piss take of um, like Good Morning Good Morning Britain, like. Um, and Julie Andrews is wearing like this ridiculous purple blouse and like there's daffodils behind her and the set behind her is like a turquoise blue and like the table is red. Oh, yum. Now, if you go to the back of the room, you can see, well, if the room has a back, it's kind of round. You can see that there's like a, a bookshelf, a wiry bookshelf. And we're going to poke through the books on that bookshelf now as we discuss them. I can see here, Richard, Richard Barber's Beastery. Richard, but yes, yes. Yeah, and I this like was originally, because... this was originally published in 1237, wasn't it? Yes, very old. Um, I, a few years ago, I was really obsessed with that sort of book because it felt very similar to like, racial stereotypes for me like there's one story in that book where it was like talking about panthers have such smelly breaths that it will like scare away dragons and like <laughs> and like um because this book i think it's like it's like a scientific book like folklore and like actual science is like merged so it was like how people think and it's the same how like stuff isn't necessarily true like it doesn't really even back then it doesn't matter if anything is necessarily true or correct it's like what the knowledge that you have right now is like what will inform your thinking so arguing with a like a homophobic racist person about their views kind of feels the same because that's just like what they think just like how people used to think <laughs> like x I just think, like, it's just ways of thinking how people rationalise things in their brain, even when they are absolutely fanciful. So, like, the these green paintings to the left is for a show um, called Clutching at Straws, where I took this, like, folklore book from Eastbourne because it's in Eastbourne from Sussex oh, cool. um, and I like pulled certain medicines out and made pictures from them so like a cure for warts like is when you get a needle and you poke it into your wart and then you put that needle in a tree and if a 
not grows there, your wart should go away. <laughs> <laughs> Does the tree know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope not. Um, and that it was like lines like that. And like one of the lines was like, get a dead man's hand, put it on your throat, and then like it will get rid of your like throat cancer. And then there was one line in the book where it was like, they were talking about African, like I think African people may or may not have, this is just what the book said, like wrote spells on like little bits of paper that they believed to be true. And even though that was, that seems much more rational than putting a corpse's hand on your neck, they still had the audacity to like call them civil, call themselves like English people, like civilized. And I was like, well, that just really shows how ignorance, like how people think, like really, it doesn't matter how absurd anything is. Like if you think you're superior, it's over. Even if you're doing anything ridiculous, even if you're doing things that can be definitely perceived as uncivilized, like it's all very absurd. <laughs> like your view on looking at everything absurd is, is enlightened to me because <laughs> Because, you know, ev everything will be absurd. E everything about everything we think all the time will always be seen as absurd, eventually, <laughs> by yeah. someone yeah. who's more enlightened. Um, and, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. The, there's a lot, there's just so much frenetic energy, and you're giving a lot of, um, there's so much adventure in your work. Like, because you, 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 you you're keen to use metaphor and it helps build narrative in a way that uh, it's fun and it's um it's it's quite rewarding to explore um mm -hmm. not just in one piece but in many it's, it's really it's really fun to kind of go on that that adventure with you um oh, thank you th this one here with the pies there's a pie fight going on in the corner talk about frenetic energy <laughs> yeah is this one a work in progress or no the accidents will happen this is really yeah recent. oh my god Ellie's giving me a thing accidents will happen yeah so um this one again I really like painting pies they're just so fun to paint but then, <laughs> <laughs> but then also um I think this this one was being made when, like, do you remember the Capitol building was stormed? Oh, yeah. All those white people went in. And that one was made at the same time, like, further back. There's, like, a darker painting with loads of hands coming out. And I just think I, I wanted to return to painting about, like, like, whiteness, like, white superiority. I wanted to make a scene that was implied violence but not in like a triggering way if you get what i mean and yeah. so like the, the white pies like the actual white cream which can be seen as like uh, an extension of whiteness even them sort of like in a quasi violent battle throwing pies at each other um even if it seems like there's a layer of like fun but then there's a layer of like is that person actually hurt as his like hand is kind of like lifted up as if to say stop um i kind of yeah i wanted to create a mixture of being disgusted wanting to like address it slightly like kind of the audacity you know the audacity that like 
people like these wild white people could go into this capitol building and not nothing really happened to them felt very clownish and like very telling so i made like a clownish painting i agree like i i think we should maybe start to make our way out of this space that this one here yeah, is bogart it's um was this the one that was in the sachi show yeah i made that one in the summer was this um was this in did, did you make this in this studio no i made that in my bedroom i ah. made it for like um i made it for uh the end of year for the degree show well not the show the online show for the rca um and then i i made like two versions so i like sold that one and then um mandy who curate uh, curated the like rca section of the art she was like do you have this painting still and i was like no but absolutely i'll make it for you because it's the sachi of course i'd like make it for you um but yeah it like i love making paintings that have like cultural points to britishness because like sometimes i don't feel like 100 percent british but then like to put icons into my paintings like the Belgian Burns or like brownies makes me feel like now I am like it's a multicultural society like because I know about these things I partake in like very British things I have a British accent I was born here um it like feels more like valid like how I represent myself as like a person of color living in Britain I was a girl guide brownie that was a fun part of my life but the story that comes with like brownies is that you can either be like a helpful brownie or like a naughty boggart and I think that's like a real like that kind of like discusses like allyism like are you going to be helpful are you going to be like bad essentially your studio like your work just has so much energy within it. Oh, thank you. So That's much so energy. Nice. It's, it's wham bam, lots of energy. Olivia is championed by Guts Gallery, and now we visit another artist, also championed by Guts, who displayed during the same 13 week series in 2020. The artist is called Elsa Rui. Her exhibition is called Plastic Doesn't Sweat, and you can find a link to the 3D capture of the exhibition in the show notes so please follow along with us well let, let's let's jump into this space we're going to visit elsa's show which was called plastic doesn't sweat why did you pick this one um i think it was because we share a similar color palette i just love how um unbashfully like gross she is and i think she's like her images are gross in a way that makes you go like why are you being grossed out about this? Because it's just like human anatomy. Like we're humans, this is what we produce. I kind of feel it's like very tantalizing. I enjoy it so much. It's so cheeky, I love it. Looking around the 3D space, you might see there are stockings hanging from the pipes jutting out the walls. And there are also knickers and a bra hanging from a point in the ceiling. Okay, so we are uh, back in the arch behind Haggerston Station and we're going to Elsa's show Plastic Doesn't Sweat. 
What are we looking at, Olivia? So we're looking at, I think it's one, two, three, four paintings, and then she made latex, like, I think there were, like, stockings and, like, bras to accompany it. And I think yeah. using using latex is so like i i don't know if this is because i've just like been around latex but you just it like smells really bad which really adds to the whole <laughs> like when you're making it it smells awful and then like the actual feel of latex is again especially in this form like not that nice to like put on your body and it's also like skin color as well so it feels like a sort of like second skin even though it's like sexy lingerie like I guess that's like really grotesque the idea of like putting on an extra skin in order but it's like what the actual thing of it is is meant to be sexy whereas like it's absolutely not absolutely not well I guess it's like that's like her paintings in a nutshell isn't it that is that's like a really sexy nice, gross things <laughs> that's a really nice and confident and happy interpretation of of, of of her work like that's a re really nice way to oh, no. explore it what, uh, i i find it really no it doesn't matter what she said it, it, it's, a, oh, okay. it's a really it's but it, i mean it's, it's similar it's absolutely similar mm -hmm. and you've actually kind of unpacked a lot of what she was trying to say in a different way a really interesting way elsa and i actually managed to go for a tour in the real world the painting as you come into the exhibition is called uh tugging on one another's ego straps, I think. Tugging each other's ego straps. Elsa was saying how she placed this in the exhibition, how it was actually like higher than eye level. So she, mm. she, want, she wanted this kind of jeering look, like slightly higher away from you, like above you. Are you familiar with this kind of like scene? What, 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 what's your impression of this, uh, of this work? I mean, looking at it now, I'm like, as you just said that, I'm like, wow, they are kind of like like naughty like sex demons or like naughty like sex nymphs that are like towering over you and like kind of making fun of you of like being embarrassed by certain things. And it's so funny that she like they like have her like she's got like quite crazy, like lovely blue eyes. And they, I guess it's because um, it contrasts nicely with the like reddish pink. It's so mesmerizing. But I this one love very... your interpretation. Naughty sex <laughs> nymphs. Naughty sex nymphs. <laughs> like I, I like, yeah. I like to think of this whole exhibition now as naughty sex nymphs. <laughs> yeah, like as if you have them on your shoulder, being like, "Oh, you should do this," and you're like, "Shut up." No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That's great. I love these naughty sex nymphs and their wonderful blue eyes. You're totally right. And I guess, like, it's kind of, um, it's shocking to walk in a space and have, like, someone, even if they're, like, cartoonish, this would probably, it would probably have a real different tone if they were, like, real, uh, realistic paintings of just, like, normal people, like, as you're walking into a space but because they're sort of like as i say there's different like a folklore-ness about it like a sort of like um like fever dream about it so it, it doesn't fever feel dream. as like triggering yeah lovely. to be confronted with these people uh, it's a joint fantasy as well because they're they're they're, <laughs> they're they're merging into one another there's this kind of um ecstasy of of, of them being together where they're melding into one another so they're all kind of like there's a a consensual 
uh, <laughs> ecstasy yeah. of it all. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess, like, her thing is, like, it must, as the, the same with, like, latex, like, fluids, it's funny that they're becoming fluid, like, even within the bodies themselves. Uh-huh. That's yeah. amazing. I, I thought it was so funny to see these, uh, what we're looking at is, like, a sto- stockings um, yeah. of, la- of latex, and they're all ornately... Like, embroidered. Uh, embroidered. Yeah. yeah, embroidered, yeah. And, and, yeah. and yeah. they've got... They've got the the stockings, but they've also got a bra, and I think over here there's uh there's pants with pubic hair in the corner, <laughs> slung with like passion while they they while they were yeah uh, wow. disregarding their clothes. I love it. Oh, she's so good. I think it's because I've been thinking about like probably specifically the female experience is like quite gross and liquidy and childbirth and like vaginas. I think I really I don't know why I like thinking about that, but I'm like, oh, like the female experience is very like wet. And I think to like look at it in art feels really nice compared to like, you know, genre painting of like pubeless, beautiful like Venus women and then like looking at this you're like oh this is like what it actually feels like day to day now we turn our gaze to a work on the far wall of two red figures lying together and this this work is called falsifying catharsis these characters actually are they even I mean they are they're not really they're gendered in in the sense that they have um anatomy um yeah but they're more jelly babies. <laughs> You've got like yeah. the the, the, yeah. the characters, but like actually beneath the skin, they're like this um, kind of uh, red glowing love glob. <laughs> <laughs> I guess is that kind of like if they are having like sex? Is it kind of like when you're having sex with someone and they're like, do you become like one mass of like body parts? Shakespeare like the beast with two backs like you become one with another person not to sound like gross but I wonder if she was trying to like invoke that she was saying that this one was particularly funny because like how they're they were like ejaculating um and and there's like all all this kind of fluid coming out and they're wearing they're wearing their they're wearing their their genders they're wearing their the sexuality the humorous thing in here is that she's actually grabbing onto his uh strap-on false cool while he's he's actually ejaculating (laughs) looking to the door as if you were about to exit the space and you look up you're greeted by a painting of a woman kind of comically holding her lactating breasts and uh, the milk's kind of going everywhere and th- this piece is titled Spout Out and Splash About. Before we leave, like, do you like this one? The last one. Yeah, I love that one so much. In fact, when I came, I think when I came, uh, I was like finishing my paintings and I was like, yeah, I want to make one that's there as well. And I think loads of people like put one there. That was, yeah. it's just such a lovely, like, goodbye because obviously you like walk around the room and then you leave and then you have to stare at that one. And and she's like sort of blessing you with <laughs> like, blessing you with her milk. You. We we should say yeah. this is audio. Can you can you describe what 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 we're looking at? Oh, it's like a. It looks like a a woman or a person with uh, breasts. It's a 
the person is a delicious like salmon pink with white and then she's holding her boobs upwards and she's like squirting milk over both of her shoulders on a lovely lavender background and like she's kind of I think she has made it so the person is making eye contact with you I love your descriptions, Olivia. I could listen to you all day. (laughs) A lovely salmon pink. Yeah, she is. (laughs) I guess because she's like on top of you, is she infantilizing you? Like, are you like a baby looking up at her and you're like, oh no, that milk is for me. Like, why is it it going to (laughs) waste? That's amazing. Yes. Olivia, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. It's been lovely. Thank you for coming to my studio. Olivia Sterling's show It Clings Like a Leech is now available to explore on Castorian. Her exhibition was one of a 13 solo show marathon held as a collaboration between Guts Gallery and Soft Punk Magazine during the final 13 weeks of 2020. Please subscribe to Castorian to hear more experiences from artists, collectors and curators. If you like what you heard or have had a chance to see any of these exhibitions online, please tell me or shame me on the usual social channels. Thanks to artist Olivia Sterling for speaking with me and letting me into our amazing art studio of of dreams. To Elsa Rui, whose show we visited. Uh, Thanks also to Guts Gallery and Soft Punk for making these shows possible. And thanks too to Apricot Audio for producing this episode. Hope you'll visit again with Castorian soon. Thank you.